my people we are all the way up and you know what it is it's another edition of the faction on a wednesday and i got my boys with me the founder and valedictorian is here mr gb good brother how are you man and i am good how are you I'm good. I'm good. I am surviving a quarantine season as most folks are. Thankfully, the city of Atlanta is not shut down yet, um, but uh, we certainly aren't gathering more than 10 folks at a time. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's anything good about this, it has been saving me on gas. So, yeah. And and Listen. traffic isn't as big of an issue as it once was. So, yeah. What if you're a father who has 10 kids at home? Can you not go home? You, you know, uh, if you're a father who has uh, 10 kids at home, uh, first of all, I, I think we should probably salute you for acknowledging and keeping all 10 of your children at home as opposed to having them <laughs> spread out and doing the ultimate in social distancing, you know, doing social distancing before it was a thing. Um, right. So uh, if you have 10 kids at home, your home ought to be big enough where they're not necessarily all in the same place at the same time. So that's true. Yeah. Speaking of 10 kids, we have Brandon <laughs> Jake. What is <laughs> you know what? I am actually practicing social distancing with my kids. I told them I don't want to see them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So they're not allowed to leave their rooms. They're not allowed to come on my side of the house. And I see them on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Oh, I need hilarious. two days off. Now, now, Clack, are, are, are you practicing social distancing because Zion beat you in racing yesterday? Wow. I mean, just way to just tell my business <laughs> wow. like that, huh? I'm just <laughs> So, uh, action fans, yes, I was defeated by my 14-year-old track star daughter. Wow. But let's be clear. When the race started, I was cooking her. Okay. Like, okay. I, I took off so fast, I thought she was walking. No lie. I literally thought, oh, I guess she decided not to race. <laughs> but unfortunately, in my in my celebration, my inward celebration, God saw fit to yank my hamstrings out of me, and I pulled both hamstrings oh, God. at the same time. <laughs> uh, so you, you're and really trying to be so like bad. your father, huh? Vinny Mac! So bad, GB. Noah said, we got to go inside. Dad has corona. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he thought I had caught the coronavirus because we were outside too long. <laughs> <laughs> you did, did, did you, you, were you Benny Mackin? Did they carry you out of there? They had to, man. I, that's some excruciating pain. Wow. Dude, what if you had to I'm preach from a wheelchair? pain right now. Wow. What if you had to preach from a wheelchair? I would have done it. Oh, Are you serious? I'm sure you would have. Man, I did some recordings yesterday in <laughs> awful pain. Wow. And watch how good the recordings go. You're not even going to be able to tell me. Wait, pain. you can, stood can during Can you imagine those? him shouting? Did you Guys, I'm up here teaching about divine healing in the worst pain of my life. Wow. <laughs> can you imagine clacking that wheelchair trying to shout going back and forth <laughs> with his little index finger? His little index finger. <laughs> 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 You'd have been hilarious. the Teddy Pendergrass of preachers. Stop, <laughs> not Teddy That's Pendergrass. <laughs> if anybody has a hover around that Clack can use for this Sunday, please hover it around here. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That's, that's what that's what the J stands for. Brandon J. Clack. The J stands for 
Hover around. That's so <laughs> like it stands for Hooven Tooth. Hooven Tooth. Hooven Tooth. Oh, Hooven Tooth. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, how have you been through all of this quarantine, uh, Courtney? <laughs> I've been great. Here's the thing is that people need to figure out what they're going to do with their, their, their quarantine time. You got to use it effectively. I know that some people are not. Some people are being demonstrative. Some people are using this time for quarantine. Some people use time for eating. And some of you nasty ones are using it for quarantine. You need Ooh. to uh, stop watching crazy stuff on, 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 on your phone. Wait, what? You, what? You, you heard what I said. You heard what I said. Some folks are celebrating quarantine. <laughs> Where did and that so, come from? Who in the world so, is watching quarantine? Oh <laughs> so, so I've been using my time effectively. I've actually I've been in the house since Saturday. Uh, you guys know I didn't start the quarantine when everybody else did. I was on the road traveling. Um, I was highly clean though while I was on the road, washing down everything. Uh, but it's been good for me because here's the thing it's done. It slowed me down where I can now do things that have been in my heart. Uh, for instance, the, the collective conversations I've been doing at nighttime oh, yes. on IG Live. Been wanting to do those for a minute. Been making so many excuses. I didn't have time. Well, hey, got time now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of those conversations, if you guys don't know, Courtney has launched a new series on Instagram Live. And quite frankly, I love the way I'm seeing Instagram Live being used these days. Of course, DJ D nice set the world on fire over the weekend. And oh, um, man, it Did was he just, ever. oh, my God, it was amazing to watch. And of course, Courtney is really killing the game right now with these conversations. Monday night, it started with uh, the GOAT Aaron Lindsay. Six-time Grammy Aaron Award Lindsay. winner, who happens to be a big wrestling fan as well. Um, and then last night he had Hart Ramsey, who is the goat of all thinkers. I mean, like this guy right. just, I mean, watching people respond to him was just really incredible. And uh, you've got some more guests coming this week. Tell us who you have. I do. I have the goat, goat, goat. Israel Holton of Israel and New Breed, yeah. husband of Adrian Bylon of The Real, will be on the show tonight. Nice. That's going to be a great conversation. He's He doesn't uh, do these things often. You don't see him on a lot of interviews. Very true. And I managed to be able to get him because of relationship. And I also am bringing on Wait, Brandon. Wait, could you imagine if you had Israel and Aaron Lindsay together? Wow. On one Close, show? Man, <laughs> man that was... That man, now I, I'm gonna tell you now that, that would be insane. like having Paul McCartney and John Lennon in the same thing. It would. Bro, be. Could you make that happen? Yeah, if anybody could. Can Courtney I make it could. happen? Sure, he could. That happen? You know what, man? I I, I know I know it's what the world is clamoring for, man. and I'm really gonna. You know what? I'm gonna make it my personal mission to see if I can get them they're one, like one the of my. They're like the Rockers. They're like they're like tag team champions, man. I want them back. They're like Kobe and AD. You know what? They are. And, and they're also I mean, like Kobe LeBron. and Shaq. Wow. Co Co Kobe and Shaq, LeBron and AD, LeBron and D-Wade. You know what? It's my per you, you, you You have tasked me to get them on. I want to work on that because I think the world would love to hear some of the great conversations that come from their duo. I, I yeah, absolutely, man, I, and I'm sure they'd love to do that anyways. They, they w I mean, Aaron referenced Israel quite a bit Monday night, so... That would be cool. So there let me go. do this. We need to jump into what we've got planned for today's show. So, Courtney, uh, you know, it's been we've had a lot of content between last week and this week. So you guys go back, check out those episodes of Quick Hits. But, Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 216 of The Facts. And right here on Bonafide Radio, we are going to talk Dark Side of the Ring, the premiere 
season two. Did you see it? Coronavirus and its impact on not just WWE, but all things wrestling, WrestleMania, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And then WrestleMania history. Will that discussion heat up? It probably will, but we'll give you a little bit of time to catch your breath. That's right, Finn Balor's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into The Faction.
are the faction. One, two, three! Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Catch Your Breath, not to be mixed up with spreading your breath. Please be Corona safe. Thank you. God. You've got it. The unpredictable nature of what we'll do here on the faction is uh, not lost on me at all. Um, So there's a lot, of course, to talk about relative to the world of pro wrestling. But I want to get into the big news, um, which was the season premiere last night of Dark Side of the Ring season two. And uh, we've been telling you about this all month. Um, They've had some amazing stories that they have been talking about, and it led with the season premiere, uh, a two-part episode telling the story of Chris Benoit. It's a lot to get into. We have, over the years, poked at, talked about Chris Benoit a little bit, but this is probably the most we're going to talk about him, uh, given the fact that this is back in the news. So. I want to start with, before we dig into uh, some of the details, I want to start with um, what were your just initial takeaways after watching uh, this two-part season premiere last night? And for those who've yet to see it, you can check it out on demand or on Vice's app. Uh, both episodes are there. Clack, uh, let's start with you if you've had a chance to watch it, if you have. What do you think of uh, this two-part series on Benoit? Yeah, I've definitely seen it, and uh, it was it was striking. Uh, I felt like just from my initial observations that Chris Benoit, man, it's, it's risky to say. I don't I don't think he was some um, calculated murderer. I really don't. I think something turned in him. I, I think. He had a real condition. I'm not going to speculate on what I think that condition was, but I, I think something, for lack of better words, broke in him. And I don't think he could figure out a way to navigate through the emotions and the pain and the confusion. And I, I think he did something that uh, obviously nobody can take back. But just watching his story, looking at his track history, he was almost like a, a nerd. He, he was like a he just liked wrestling. That yeah, that was yeah. it. It, it, it didn't yeah. really have anything malicious to prove or to get even on. So heartbreaking uh, to watch the first segment of it. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing part two. Maybe it'll show the uh, the decay of what happened. Yeah, part two is uh, it, it was part of last night, and it is available on the app, so you can check that out uh, whenever you get a chance because it is definitely there. also part one and part two aired. Yes. Part one and part two. Aaron. Oh, mm-hmm. I saw part one. Yeah, part one and part two, and and G Wiz part two. Good lord, uh, Courtney, have you had a chance to see either of them yet? Uh, I, I, this morning I started on uh, part one. Okay. Uh, and you know, I guys, I've said this before. I take celebrity deaths very tough. Yeah. I don't know why I'm wired like that. It's because I have a heart for them. I think I'm called to them. Uh, so watching that. I'll tell you some striking things from one. Uh, Chris Jericho said, Chris Benoit has never received a paycheck for doing anything other than wrestling. Right. That's how much he he did not have a, oh, I worked at Mm Chick-fil-A. Oh, I worked at the car wash. Mm -hmm. He worked as a wrestler and ended as a wrestler. Mm -hmm. The second thing that got me was when they said, and I not heard it said like this, Kevin Sullivan booked his his own divorce. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember those clashes. I'll never forget the Norfolk scope. Can't remember which pay-per-view it was. It was Falls Count Anywhere, Chris Benoit, Kevin Sullivan. And I remember I remember watching that match as a teenager thinking he really hit him with that door that, of the, in the bathroom. Benoit mm-hmm. took the door and swung it and smacked Kevin Sullivan in the face with it. Yeah. And you see, and you, Nancy's sister last night said they started trading blow, and then trading blows, and the fight went on backstage. Yes. Um, I think because of Kevin Sullivan's uh, uh, wrestling character, we belittle how great of a booker he was, mm-hmm. and committed to the work of the industry, even knowing that this man was with his then wife, he still continued to book him. And to book up against him because it was good for wrestling. Uh, I just got to the part where, and of course it makes you relive Eddie as well. I feel like you can't tell the story of Chris without talking about Eddie. Mm-hmm. Of Eddie trying to basically win Chris Benoit to the Lord. Yeah. You yeah. know, he uh, Eddie knew what he was dealing with and gave Benoit a Bible. And I think, uh, if I'm not certain, and I haven't watched part two, I believe the Bible was on the crime scene. When they found him, well, I'm I'm probably gonna give you some spoilers because okay, yeah, um, go ahead. Well, let me let me start by saying, uh, part one um, was available this past Friday, and a lot. I mean, I think it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It got people super interested in what would happen with the season premiere. Um, part two. I'll say this. I am not one who drinks, um, but I felt like after watching part two, I was going to need a drink. Um, Listen, it's part two. Part two to me is the wrestling version of that little clip they put of the Clark sisters yesterday. Yes. It, it's going to be too much. Well, I, I'll it's tell too you, much. Let me, let me just say this. I'm going to take you to one of the closing things that Crispin Benoit said, which is telling and it's very true. He said, the Chris Benoit situation nearly destroyed the entire pro wrestling industry. Really? And it did. I remember I remember that time frame. I remember um, everything connected to it and how, again, the mainstream media had a pure field day for it. Um, so let me start my commentary by saying the irony right now of where this all took place. This took place in Fayetteville, Georgia, which is literally up the street from where I live. Um, I'm talking about like a 10 to 15 minute drive from where I live. When they were doing, uh, when you see part two and they do the aerial shots of Fayetteville, um, I can point out and tell you some of the stuff that's right there, the Twisted Taco and a few others. So it's really eerie to me to know that I right now am uh, geographically very close to where all this happened. With that said, um, the one thing that really got me when you mentioned Eddie Guerrero was, and you you definitely haven't gotten to this part in part one yet, um, just how Eddie Guerrero's death impacted Chris Benoit. Um, I think in all the things that I knew, I did not know that they were as close as they were and that uh, in the words of Chris Jericho, 
literally something broke in Benoit when uh, Eddie Guerrero died. I did not wow. know that the person who found Eddie Guerrero was his nephew Chavo Guerrero. Um, the fact that Eddie died in Chavo's arms. Um, really? Yes. Uh, they talk about that scenario. Um, and honestly, to some degree, it almost made me feel like how Whitney Houston was found. With the exception of when they found Whitney, Whitney was already gone. When they found Eddie, Eddie was just barely alive and literally took his last breath in Chavo's arms. Just, just heartbreaking. They talk about, and, and so for those who haven't seen it, you need to go back and watch it. But kind of how the story goes was, you know, the night before, uh, Chris Benoit had left those two and said, hey, we'll meet in the morning for our gym time. Well, what alarmed the hotel was that Guerrero did not respond to the wake-up call. So they called Chavo, and they're like, something's wrong with your uncle. He didn't respond. Chavo gets to the room. They literally have to, because there's a chain on there, they have to break the chain to get in the room. When they find Guerrero, he has fallen face-first on the bathroom floor with his toothbrush in his hand. And mm -mm -mm. they talk about, you know, during during it that apparently he had been having these episodes where he would talk to somebody and then kind of go dark and then come back, um, really kind of referencing the heart issues. Um, and so anyway, Guerrero uh, Chavo finds Eddie and then um, Chris calls Chavo going, hey, I'm waiting for you guys down at the gym. And Chavo's like, are you sitting down? And Chavo tells Chris Benoit. And he says, Chris Benoit is not an emotional person. But Chris Benoit let out a wail from the bottom of his soul um, to this news. And they talked about the funeral. Uh, it, you know, uh, Vicky said that Chavo, uh, that uh, 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 Chris Benoit would come to their house and lay on the side of the bed that Eddie Guerrero would sleep on and would just cry and cry and cry. Wow. Chris Benoit was never <laughs> the same after the death of Eddie Guerrero. And that's one of the things that kind of blew me away that I didn't realize in all of this. Now, let me tell you what else is kind of telling. The day of the funeral, Chris Jericho says that Benoit... Um, hugged him so tight and cried so hard that his tears went through his suit jacket and wet up his shirt. Now, if you've worn a suit and you guys all have, you know how hard that is to do. Um, right. But then after the funeral, Benoit gets on a plane and travels to Europe for the next wrestling show. And Jericho said, you know, this was, he never handled this well. He was highly grief-stricken um they talked about uh some real problems between nancy and chris that the world didn't necessarily know about talks of abuse that happened um and the irony wow. of that is chris benoit saved nancy from kevin's abuse 
only to turn yeah. around and abuse her. And when you get to part two and begin hearing the details of how this death, these deaths happened, according to the reports, the death of Nancy happened on a Friday. <gasps> really? Happened on a Friday. Wow. And according to the reports, um, they say that he had gotten into an argument with her and based on the reports he had put his knee in her back and had broken her back um and when they found her because the way they found them is just what's crazy too because um he had not shown up for uh an event in texas and then the following day they were supposed to have pay-per-view he sent both Chris Jericho and um, and Chavo an odd text message. And the odd text message ha- said something to the effect of the dogs are in uh, the gate and had like the address. And it was just very odd. Very, very odd. Um, so they hadn't reported it to WWE. Well, when he didn't show up for the pay-per-view... They reported it to John Laronitis, and John was like, why didn't you guys tell me that? And they were like, well, we thought he was going to show up. So they do a wellness call for the police to go to um, Benoit's house. The police go. Uh, there's a The neighbor says, hey, you know, um, we haven't seen anybody in a few days, but I can jump the fence. The dogs are cool with me. She goes, opens the door, lets the dogs out goes into the house and they're like she stayed there for too long and then she runs out of the house saying that the son is dead that's when the cops are like okay we've got to go in there and see what's going on they go in and find the son has been suffocated they then go in and they find the wife um who had been wrapped up in a blanket um and when they walked in the cop said something is dead here because he could smell it. Um, and then it wasn't until they got to the final room where they looked and found him. And at first, based on the angle that they saw him in the mirror, they thought he was an intruder. So they're like, Fayette County Police, put your hands up. And that's when they looked and found him hanging. Now, I don't want to be terrifically graphic, but... He hung himself for years. I thought he shot himself. He hung himself. And the way he hung himself was downright diabolical. He hung himself in his gym. And he had put one of the cables around his neck. And he had set the weight on that particular uh, pull down to 245 pounds. So the idea was it would drop. And when it dropped, it would break his neck. So, 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 do, do you think? And and cla- you, you, you weigh in on this. Here, here's that pastoral side. Do you think that he was uh, attempting to punish himself, like Chris Jericho said when he missed that kick in one, and he forced himself to do 500 squats? Was this him paying himself back? You think? You mean him, him king, killing himself, or him killing the that wife? way? him killing himself that way well according to again the reports the reports talk about the things that he his final google searches and this is going to blow you guys away 
So apparently he killed Nancy on the Friday. He killed the son on the Saturday. And then it's believed he killed himself on the Sunday, which means he actually spent two days in the house with his dead family. Now, the last searches that he did, and you guys are going to lose it on this. The first search he did was searching for the Bible passage of Elijah trying to raise up a son. Oh. The second one he did was what are the least painful ways to kill yourself? And he apparently placed a Bible next to each one of them as they were found. So this really lends itself to, again, asking the question, was it premeditated? Was it not? Um, they did bring in Chris Nowinski, who was a former WWE superstar, who really was the one who launched the investigation surrounding CTE. Um, they talked about the impact of CTE. And the thing that got me was, you know, the people that they interviewed were all his friends. Um, Benoit, or excuse me, not Benoit, Chris Jericho, Chavo Guerrero. Um, of course, they had Vicky Guerrero on, Jim Ross. Um, they had all these people. And the question came at the end, should Chris Benoit, or Dean Malenko was on there as well, as was Dean Malenko's wife. And the question came up, should Chris Benoit be in the WWE Hall of Fame? And Jim Ross said unequivocally, no. And his no, and Chris Jericho said no. And Jericho said if Benoit were here, he would not want to go into the Hall of Fame because he would understand the level of distraction it would be based on what he's done. And he believes that Benoit would be overcome by the fact that the thing he loved the most, he nearly destroyed being the, the world of pro wrestling. And I've purposely left out some details, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to. I want to hear Clack's take on his, on Benoit's search of the scripture to raise up his son. Oh, I, I don't, um, I, I don't even know. I, there's not enough time for my take. Um, I don't think that what Benoit was dealing with oh, is um, widespread mainstream Christianity. I think what he was dealing with are some taboo subjects that uh, many may assume is not real. I think something got a hold of Chris. That grief opened the door to a whole other mm -hmm. world. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, this is a wrestling show, so I won't, uh, I won't go all the way there. But I'll tell you, G, when you said it, that man, something... <laughs> something hit me mm -hmm. and um it's 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 that's a different version of vice yes that that we'd have to talk about um because i think that you know one of my favorite scriptures that i think is telling is hope deferred makes the heart sick yes and i think that he did something in a moment that he instantly had regret for regret turned into grief grief turned into shame Shame turned into blame, and once you open that darkness, and there's no hope to fill that hole, helplessness comes in, 
and that's where you know i'll use this word that's where the demons come mm-hmm. and clack i you know i know you're probably referencing the same i know you're referencing the same thing and that's where you know yeah. they say they say a guy in wrestling can't shake his demons mm-hmm. yep yeah, well here, here we go we're not now we're in a real fight mm-hmm. so you combine that with i will things. say after the 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 details that GB just gave, man, I got to change my stance. I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And, and, I, no. and I've never said that. Mm-hmm. I, nope. I, I, I don't think so. I think that Jericho and Jim Ross know better. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, here's what, let, let me say like this. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But because of the distractions it would bring, uh, let's just put him in our mental Hall of Fame. I'll tell you another thing that was interesting, which you guys will find interesting as well. They talked about the the three-hour Raw tribute to Chris Benoit, which I thought was a powerful conversation because Jim Ross said, we did the cr- tribute show and we didn't know all the information, but we thought we had the information based on what the police told us. And then the story ended up changing after it went off the air. Well, Chris Jericho was asked to be on the tribute show and he said no. He felt like it was too much. He said, but he noticed something during the tribute show which made him go, something is wrong. He heard all the people saying all the wonderful things that they said about Chris Benoit. He was an amazing person. Chavo said, I trust him with my life. I trust him with my kids. But he said, William Regal. All Regal said was... And Regal said this, he says, here's what I'll say. Chris Benoit was the hardest working man in pro wrestling. And Jericho said, I knew that when Regal said that, there was more to the story. Because Regal lived in the same town as Benoit. Oh, so so he knew some stuff. Regal knew some of the stuff that was going on. They ended up showing text messages from Nancy to um, to Chris that said, basically, you know, you need to get your stuff together um, because I don't have to keep taking this abuse uh, and, and the like. And so there was a lot that went on that most did not know. And this uh, this episode did an amazing job of telling that story. And there are other parts of the story that are really really powerful and when you see toward the end of episode two you'll just be like wow you know it was masterfully done and i'll tell you this chris jericho and aew deserve many many awards and when you watch part two you'll understand exactly what i'm talking about so guys trust me when i tell you uh if you have not seen it yet Go get the Vice app um, or check on de- on demand for season two of Dark Side of the Ring. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts on social media about this. When we come back, we're going to switch the conversation a bit. We're going to talk a bit about the impact of the coronavirus uh, to the WWE, WrestleMania, NXT, and a few other organizations. Uh, wrestling isn't the same, but wrestling is continuing. So we'll talk about that. And uh, before it's over, we're going to give you our ultimate WrestleMania card, which I think ought to be very interesting based on a challenge given to us by James White. But right now, speaking of Chris Jericho, here's music uh, that's sweeping all over AEW from his group Fozzie. It's called Judas. 
You've got it locked to the thatch and powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the faction.
are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Fozzie, sponsored by, created by, I think, Courtney Beard, a.k.a. Judas. Anyways, take it away, GB. Take it away, GB. <laughs> I need you to try some myths. God help us all So I I hope that to some degree You guys have been lifted a little bit From uh, Dark Side of the Ring Uh, Again make sure you're checking it out And we go from that to I guess The Dark Side of the Current Ring Which is uh, Coronavirus Which continues to impact uh, The nation and the world And the world of pro wrestling Um, Ironically of all of the things That have been stopped in sports And entertainment Pro wrestling to some degree continues and it continues thanks in part to both the WWE and AEW. Perhaps the most controversial piece of that, of course, is WWE's decision to march forward with WrestleMania. Um, So some interesting things have happened Uh, in light of all of this. The WWE has decided to pre-record the uh, next few episodes of both Raw and SmackDown and NXT leading up to WrestleMania. Um, so, in fact, uh, those episodes should probably be recorded by about now. And um, perhaps the most intriguing piece of this is that WrestleMania, for the first time ever, will be pre recorded um, as they are recording WrestleMania today and tomorrow, um, which is all very interesting. And while that's happening, Uh, We mentioned on our social media spot yesterday that there are two current WWE superstars that are quarantined for concerns of the coronavirus, and that would be Rey Mysterio and Dana Brooke. I want to get your thoughts, guys, on the WWE and their choice to pre-record WrestleMania, um, Raw, SmackDown, and for NXT, in case you haven't heard, um, the matches that were initially slated for TakeOver, TakeOver was canceled as of last week. Now those matches are going to happen uh, on weekly episodes of NXT Live on USA. So what are your thoughts on this plan by WWE to pre-record these shows and continue to move forward with it? Clack, what are you thinking? I, I think it's that's everyone's plan. You know, that's my plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm recording my WrestleMania Sunday, pre-recorded. You know, it's it's I, I can't knock them for that. Um, and, and the truth is, coronavirus hasn't changed wrestling alone. We had a talent deficit virus that had already changed wrestling, and uh-huh. we had been infected with it once we were unfortunately cured of the Attitude Era, and it it had spawned. This communicable disease that, that, that all the scrub wrestlers are catching it. So, you know, I, I, I totally, <laughs> I'm oh. sorry, that would tickle me. I, I totally get it. You know, if, if they got to pre record it, I get it. I will say this, guys. I was on the fence. I'm not any longer. I can't have WrestleMania taken from me. They, they got to pre record. I, I don't care. We got to have WrestleMania. Okay. Okay. Courtney, what do you think of all this? This isn't WrestleMania. This is what I'll forever call WrestleStania. This is the stain on the industry. This is the blemish in Vince's resume. The 75-year-old pioneer is getting it wrong on this one. How do I know? 
because they're pre-recording WrestleMania. Isn't pre-recording the thing that made them have their demise to one WCW? What are you going to do, Vince, if AEW starts giving out leaks of what happened at WrestleStania? You are so misguided, like your Hall of Fame friend, uh, that you both want things to go back to business by WrestleMania weekend and Easter weekend. So I'll say this, WrestleStania will not be watched in the Beard household, because this isn't WrestleMania. This is a bunch of body tosses and hip tosses and arm drags in the middle of an empty arena that no one wants to see, especially if you're not going to give me any color. My God, Vince, you ain't been giving me color because you don't want the kids to get mad. Well, there ain't no kids to get mad now. So at least give me some color. But I bet you WrestleStania will be a snooze fest. Notice I didn't say sneeze fest, but it may be a sneeze fest because so many people won't be watching it. Give me two clues bombs for that because that was good. WrestleStania will be a sneeze fest. No one will come near its dwelling. Why? Because the virus has run wild over you. Wait, GB, there will be no color commentary? No, there will will be color commentary. There'll be no when he says color, he oh. means no blood. You know, his it, he he likes blood the way you like the attitude oh. era. Ooh. It's it's quite interesting. I love blood. I love blood because of Calvary. Oh Lord! Every time I see blood, <laughs> rest, I think about my own personal victory. Oh Lord! Let, let me let me say this. Um, I, if it was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Oh, God help us. You know, I, I, I'll say this. I think again. You know, what we've seen in this era is that AEW has proven to be both great students and great teachers. Uh, They learned from WWE in terms of Raw and SmackDown what not to do on their show. So then they turned around and got it right for Dynamite last week. Um, Raw, in turn, copied from AEW and decided, okay, we're going to change where the hard camera is and we'll put the hard camera facing the stage so that we're not constantly looking at empty seats smart move but what wwe should have also done was learn from aew because tonight is supposed to be aew's blood and guts their presentation of war games a huge situation and they made the decision hey listen we're going to wait to present war games because war games aka blood and guts should be in front of a live audience so what we'll do, we'll alter our card and bring you, we'll continue to bring you dynamite, um, but we're not going to give you the thing that you really, really want because you should be there live to get it. And I think they could have learned with WrestleMania to do the same thing. I will say this, I have been up in the air about the empty arena situation, quite frankly, until AEW gave me a great show last week where I was like, cool. And last night, interestingly enough, I found myself after Dark Side of the Ring, watching uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. And let me just tell you, if you guys have not watched uh, the Corona version of Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, you're not missing anything. Because Jimmy Fallon did the show from his house. He did the show in his kitchen with his two babies. And then he had a point of Ask the Fallons where him and his wife are out for a walk with questions we're asking them. Then he does an interview with John Legend that looks like two people on Skype. And I'm saying, has The Tonight Show been reduced to this? 
I'm grateful for having some degree of pro wrestling to watch. That, um, yes, it's an empty arena, but at least there's something remotely entertaining. But do not try to give me the Super Bowl in an empty arena. I didn't want March Madness in an empty arena. I don't want the NBA playoffs in the NBA, in an empty arena. Do not give me WrestleMania in an empty arena. I don't want to see this monumental clash between Roman and Goldberg with nobody to cheer for him. And quite frankly, I think this move of WrestleMania on ESPN for the next couple of weeks is going to backfire against WWE. And here's why. Because the biggest thing about WrestleMania isn't just the matches. It's the one time of the year where you get 75 or 80,000 people together to all participate in watching this moment. As pastors, you guys know, it's the difference between having people assembled together to experience a moment or watching the moment on TV. You only watch the moment on TV if you can't get to be there live. Don't make WrestleMania a mockery and forever be stained as the WrestleMania nobody was there to see. And so for me, I still think Mania is going to be a problem. I'm concerned about other things that we like. Like what happens to the Raw after Mania? It's usually the biggest Raw of the year. But with no audience, what do you have? I've also not heard what their plan is post-WrestleMania. So are they going to stop doing Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania? Uh, I don't don't know what's going to happen. I will say this, though. In this era of spoilers... I don't know how you keep the results of WrestleMania quiet for a week and a half. I have no no idea. I don't know. I mean, everything gets leaked now. Quite frankly, most of the rumors that come from WWE are leaked. I don't understand. What's weird is, you know, Vince has not even been at a taping since coronavirus hit. Can you imagine? Let me ask you this. Do you think Vince would die from corona or he'd fight it off? He'd try to fight it off, I'm sure. Oh, he'd definitely fight it off. You he, know, he would definitely fight it off. He he would do his best. He would do his best. Well, Vince ain't been out of taping. They pulled Lawler from it. Mm-hmm. I hope AEW pulled Jim Ross from it. Yeah. And my God, take turn fifty-five yesterday. Hope he ain't nowhere near. Well, and this and this herein lies my concern, right? You have a number of people who legitimately could be uh, at risk here. And that's why I'm concerned when it comes to WWE. AJ Styles got to be 60. No, AJ's in his 40s. But if Rey Mysterio is coming up with symptoms, you know, Rey Mysterio is, you know, uh, uh, Taker's 10 years older than him. And God forbid, Chris Jericho's like 63. But Jericho is being smart. Jericho hasn't wrestled. Jericho's just I been present. I guarantee you right now, Flair would let you book him in a one-on-one match with coronavirus at WrestleMania if you let him. Oh, of course. And he'd and give us know, color. Of course. And you know what's stupid? Rick would absolutely make Corona tap. He would. Well, no, actually, I think I think he'd put Corona over. That's what I think. I just... I, he better not. I think he would. Nah. Yo, Rick Flair does not need to be outside. If no. Rick is going to the grocery store, doing anything, coughing those tarnished teeth on anybody uh-uh. no ri- guys can we talk about this you know who looks like they have coronavirus oh god eric bischoff yeah, bischoff does not look good folks 
What was that special I was watching that was, on WWE? It was WWE Untold about uh, Dennis Rodman and that whole Bash at the Beach situation involving Rodman, Hogan, Carl Malone, and DDP. Eric Bischoff yeah. didn't look good, guys. No, it, was, his it lips wasn't good. Like, his lips looked like pavement. And I don't know if it was because his, of the white background, but it just was not a good look. It wasn't a good his look. His nose was veiny. Yeah. Making me think of Russell Staney. Oh, God. And Manning. Oh, God. There was no <laughs> Manning's from that. Oh, my gosh. Well, it, it's it's certainly a space of concern. Tonight, of course, will be very interesting on the AEW side. Oh, and I haven't had a chance to ask you guys this. What would you think of Dynamite last week and the uh, debut of the Exalted One, Brody Lee, formerly Luke Harper, and the presence of Matt Hardy? How about Brody Lee acting like he was going to do the Sister Abigail and then changing his move? Yeah. Did, did you see that? Yeah. He, did he put him in position with Sister Abigail? He I sure thought did. it was great use of people. Yeah. I thought both of them showing up. AEW did a great job in the words of Jimmy Cornette. Uh, Cody can do no wrong. Yes, I agree. Cody just has it together. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Mac, look at the grandson of a plumber, and that is how you run wrestling. I would agree. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Clack, you have any thoughts on this? I don't like AEW. Sure, oh, you, you do. Yes, you don't he, lie. I, I know like, I know you watched and liked it. <laughs> I don't like that they're trying to have their version of the theme. No, hey, okay, here's the deal. Watch this. Here's the deal. GB, cut the feed. Cut, I, mean, I mean, cut the feed, clack. It's just the three of us. You mean to tell me honestly? And we're not recording right now. You honestly don't like AEW? Man, actually, I do. I mean, I'm so glad you cut that feed. I can never admit, but yeah, I, I do. I like it, man. I See, do. man? Yeah. That's all we wanted you to do was admit uh, it. Yeah. To the millions of people listening. <laughs> now the cat's out the bag. Oh, Clack sleeps in the AEW t-shirt. And don't forget for AEW tonight that Cody, is, Cody has instituted a drinking game. He has. For his commentary. On commentary tonight. Yeah, that should be special. Cody's got a drinking game. We've got the first meeting between Jericho and Matt Hardy face to face. Um, and a whole lot more. Uh, and the uh, AAA championship is on the line as Kenny Omega defends tonight. So that should be fantastic. We need to nominate a faction member to take to do the drinking game with Cody. I nominate John Murray. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wins. Hands but- down. But he needs to be live while doing it. Oh God, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous How about that. How original is it that uh, that the commentary crew gave after Austin in the performance center with the commentating crew? I mean, how oh, original? Lord. First oh. off, they botched having Austin. What a botch having Austin yeah. and Becky Lynch and Becky did. Austin should have stunned Becky Lynch. I mean, what a waste of a moment. Well, Austin should have never been in front of no, an empty arena either. So, yeah. I, the, the, I, but I was so grateful not to have the what's. I was grateful for the what's. Oh, well. I think the what's is one of the worst things that ever happened to the business. Really? Yeah, I think the what's killed a lot of what could have been a lot of great promos. Uh, well... They, Interested in nailing the in being smart than listening to the actual words in the uh the, in, in the ring. Well, then blame Austin for that. He started it. I do blame Austin. <laughs> I think he ruined the business with that. Oh, the whole he How ruined about the that, ent- I, that attitude era uh 
Steve Austin actually ruined the business with the what? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it definitely didn't. But anyways. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm excited about this segment because for what it's worth, WrestleMania season is still here, and we're going to bring to you our ultimate WrestleMania card. Okay, we had the uh, instructions last week. We will reiterate those at the top of the next segment, and then we'll get to hear what each of us have devised as our ultimate WrestleMania card. What 12 matches will we take from previous WrestleManias to make the ultimate WrestleMania card? We'll talk about that when we come back, but right now, here's music from Skillet. They call this one Legendary. The Faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction.
are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That song was actually about me. Legendary. My skillet. GP. Let's get it. All right. So if you missed the faction last week, we were given an amazing challenge by uh, one of our good brothers, James White. And uh, the challenge was quite interesting. The challenge went like this. Uh, it's putting together the ultimate WrestleMania card. And so the, 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 the stipulations are uh, you, we can only use WrestleMania matches that have already happened from the previous 35 WrestleManias. Uh, the card has to be 12 matches. And you cannot use the same wrestler more than once. So this is going to be very, very interesting to see what we've come up with. And I am intrigued. You don't necessarily have to put it in the order of the matches. But I do want to know what match you think would be the, the match that ends the card. So this is going to be great to see. Clack, Mr. WWE. Let's start with you. And let's find out your ultimate WrestleMania card. Well, let me just start off by saying I put mine in order. Oh, great. Uh, Wonderful. So, so you're going to know who's going to headline mine. Awesome. Uh, I also did commentators. Oh. So my opening commentators to introduce the night, Gorilla Monsoon, JR, The King, and Vince McMahon. Got to have the classic guys there. All right, match number one is Edge and Mick Foley, WrestleMania 22. Okay. Match number two is Kane and Triple H. Match number three, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. That's WrestleMania 32. Uh, match number four. Well. Edge and Christian. Okay. Because that, that was actually a triple threat match, but at 32. Oh, it was? Who was in it? It was, was Charlotte, it? Becky, and uh, Sasha Banks. All right, throw Sasha in there, too. All right. I'm just after Charlotte and Becky. <laughs> Number four, I've got Edge and Christian, the Hardys, the Dudleys, WrestleMania 17. All right, you already broke the rules. Now, number five. You broke the rules. Number five, I need you all's help. He's going to just ignore that. I, I, the rules. I just. Wait, wait, wait. I used two of the same people. Yes. Oh, yes. Dang. <laughs> okay, okay. Scratch that. Because I needed help before. Okay. Okay, scratch um, scratch that triple threat tag match. Okay. And put in Jake the Snake versus the Million Dollar Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that's WrestleMania like four or five. Yeah. Okay. Number five is Batista versus Umaga. Oh, okay. Number I remember six, that match. Rowdy wow. Piper versus Gold Dust. Okay. Who? Piper versus Gold Dust. In oh, the yeah. Hollywood Brawl. Yeah, that was from WrestleMania yeah. 12. Okay. Number seven, Brock versus Kurt. Ooh, from 19. Okay. Number eight, Macho Man versus Flair. Three. Oh, well, you, you had an affinity towards WrestleMania 8 anyway, so I got you. Did. All right. Number nine, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold. Oh, from 13. That's WrestleMania 13. Uh-huh. Okay. Number 10, John Cena versus The Rock. Their first encounter. Oh, from 28. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. Number 11, 
Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Uh-huh. Their first encounter. Yeah, that was from 25. That one was special. That was very special. And the main event, mm-hmm. which to me is the main event of all main events, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Okay. Okay. All right. This is a pretty powerful card. Pretty powerful card. All right, so I'll go because Mr. WCW wants to go last. Um, Now, mine isn't in order, but I will tell you what the last match will be. So I will will do that. So this is in no particular order. Um, Now I'm wondering, should I? Eh... Mm, no, nah, I won't. I, I won't. I'll, I'll save us some time. All right. So, or maybe I will put this in order. I don't know. Okay. Let's. Um. I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in some degree of order. We'll see. Let's start with. Uh, I'll go to WrestleMania 20, the opening match there. John Cena versus The Big Show. Um. Then we'll have. Uh, all right. I don't know that I want to keep trying to do it in order though, because it's hard to do it in order. But I'll, I'll just, I'll just continue with what I have. Um. Okay, no, this is gonna end up in order. I see that now. All right. Next, I'll have uh, WrestleMania 21, the opening match there. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, first battle between tag team champions. Then, I'm going to WrestleMania 16, or WrestleMania 2000. Chris Jericho versus Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. It was a triple threat, double uh, double title match for the European and Intercontinental Championships. Um, Then, where will we go? Where will we go? Where will we go? Yeah, let's go here. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 31. Complete with the cash-in from Seth Rollins as well. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we'll go to WrestleMania 35. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Follow that with WrestleMania 34. Charlotte Flair against Asuka. Then we'll throw in the uh, TLC tag team title match from WrestleMania 17. The Dudleys versus the Hardys versus Edge and Christian. Then, let's see. What do I want my... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, we'll go with a classic match. WrestleMania 3. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus the Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm. That will be followed by WrestleMania 28. Yes, WrestleMania 28. Triple H versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, the end of an era match. That leaves wow. Yeah. That leaves me with two matches. And these are gonna be the go-home matches. WrestleMania 17, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock complete with the stone cold heel turn and the main event Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant from Wrestlemania 3 that's my ultimate Wrestlemania card 
Oh wait, no, I forgot one. I forgot I'm one. You I forgot that. one. I forgot one. I forgot one. So it's going to be Austin versus Rock WrestleMania 17. The next match, which is the match before the go home match, is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. And then we end it with Hogan versus Andre WrestleMania 3. That's that Hogan and Andre is the universal main event of all main events. Be- because for me, it encapsulates the the largeness of their personalities, the sim- the symbolism of what the match means. You know, two eras colliding, two of the most dominant figures ever in the sport. Um, you know, and it's not even about what happened in the match it was just two colossal guys and they lived up to the billing and i mean you know you can't replace that moment of hogan finally slamming andre and giving andre his first loss in 15 years so that's my ultimate wrestlemania card i think it's pretty solid follow that courtney i'm gonna be a struggle let me one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven and I need a 12th match, so maybe you guys can help me figure out a 12th. I do, what my go home, do know what my go-home is. Uh, if I had to choose a card and one for butts and seats and all that stuff, and also pre-hype, post-hype, I'm kicking off with Vince versus Shane. Interesting choice. McMahon versus McMahon. From uh, They're 17. Gonna, I'm going to get color. Shane's going to, yeah, you, GB, I need you to fill in the blanks of what year it was. Sure. I'm actually going to have Daniel and Kofi. Okay. Cool. That's of course Brett 35. versus Piper. Ooh, from WrestleMania eight. Interesting choice. Yes. Okay. Brock versus Roman, of course, with the Seth Rollins cash in. Mm-hmm. Jericho versus Kurt Angle versus Benoit. Okay, hold on. Let me make sure I got this. So oh wow. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones I had, which is dope. Uh, Jericho, Angle, Benoit. Got it. Undertaker versus Triple H, Hell in a Cell. Uh huh. Then we're going back to make history. Sean versus Razor. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, the first ladder match. Yeah. Edge okay. and Christian, Hardys and the Dudleys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TLC 2. Uh huh. Charlotte versus Becky versus Sasha. Wow. Okay. Macho versus Steamboat. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I only have 11. I need 12. But here's my final go home, and I need to choose a 12. But we're going home with Hulk versus Rock. That was another pretty legendary match. Do you understand how loud that arena is going to be? Oh, and how no, hard it is, and how hard it how is to you follow waste no, Hogan on. How could you waste Hogan on the Rock and not put him with Andre? That I just don't get you. I don't get you. That match means more to me than that Andre match does. Really? You're crazy. Really move? But but here's no, man. Deal. It's it's the whole thing though. Honestly, Andre barely moving actually made the match better because he really did look like this big giant mountain that you could not knock down. And honestly, when we watched that match, we didn't know that he was all messed up. We had no idea. You 
you you guys have we forgotten the sound of the crowd when Hogan and Rock stood in front of each other? But did you forget the sound of the crowd of uh, the ninety three thousand people when Hogan and Andre Lord stood in front Jesus. of each other? Are you kidding me? Man, he hasn't watched it recently. GB, no. I watched it last night. Listen, I and I, I need to go watch it then. And I listen. I thought Hogan Rock was certainly one of the best WrestleMania matches of of the last twenty years. But you know, WrestleMania three was really hard to top in terms of having a Hogan Andre and a Steamboat Savage, and that Hogan Andre match honestly was hard to have to come after Steamboat Savage. Um, but they did because this was the WWE at its finest, right? Like, it's not Starcade, it's not Wrestle Kingdom, it's WrestleMania. And WrestleMania um, really has looked to bring us the biggest personalities to battle each other. And still, I mean, even now, the two most recognizable recognizable names in the history of the business are Hogan and Andre. I, it's hard to argue that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm putting Rock in that conversation, but 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 but, but I'll, I'll tell you this. When, by putting this list together, there's one thing that I realized loud and clear. What's that? Shawn Michaels. Oh, oh. Is definitely Mr. WrestleMania. Shawn is easily Mr. WrestleMania because when you think about this, if you can't use a wrestler more than once, he had th think about it. there was a stretch that he had from when he came Dude. back with Jericho at 19 where everything he did was amazing. I mean Dude, I could have put Sean with with Brett. Yep. I could have put Sean with Taker. Yep. I could have put Sean with Triple H. Yep. I could have put Sean with a lot of people. You know what? And people forget the the WrestleMania 21 match that he had with Angle. Oh my God, oh, yeah. what a match. What a match. The, 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 hey, the 23 match that he had with Cena was amazing. 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 So, yeah. He, he, so, he, I, I've been, and, and I, I'll say this. I still Go think one of, Go one of the greatest things, and this is not WrestleMania at all, but one of the greatest things you could ever see in your life is Sean overselling Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. It is the greatest thing you've ever seen yeah. in your life. At SummerSlam, it, it was pretty impressive. Oh, it was epic. pretty impressive. Absolutely impressive. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is a fun exercise, and we're going to uh, we're going to put these on our social media pages and uh, get your thoughts on them because uh, this is a pretty epic undertaking. So, thank you, James White. For the suggestion I thought this was a great challenge and again we'll make sure you guys can comment on it and tell us which was your favorite card or perhaps what matches did we leave out what else should have been on these cards I think any of these cards uh, certainly would be incredible and get all sorts of buy rates no matter uh, where you placed it so amazing stuff for sure well that's gonna wrap up today's show I hope you guys have enjoyed it we've enjoyed bringing it to you um, and certainly during this time of quarantine, it's great to know that there are certain things that remain consistent and such is the case with the faction. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. Hey, hit me up on Instagram. I am Courtney Beard, C Major Beard on Twitter, Courtney Beard on Facebook. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Clack. 
Uh oh. I think we lost him. Clack ain't nowhere. That's oh, right. Yeah, Clack. So I'll see him. Uh, Clack, Clack quit the show. <laughs> oh, gosh. He had to go, but certainly you can reach him at Brandon J. Clack. You can reach me at Bonnerfied. Remember to follow us at The Faction Show. We want to hear what you thought of today's show, including thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring, the impact of the coronavirus on pro wrestling, and of course, the ultimate WrestleMania card until next time make sure you're checking out all of our content uh with quick hits interviews and a whole lot more till next time it's your man gb representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack we call this the faction 